Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Cara. Hello, Vanessa. We are going to talk about your favorite, favorite topic today. I swear, if we could have written an entire chapter on this topic for the book, you would have, except I would have told you that you're not allowed, so you didn't even ask. (laughs) And the subject of this very sexy topic and very important topic is sunscreen. And how the hell do you convince your defiant, age-appropriately defiant children (laughs) to wear sunscreen? The eternal battle. I'm just going to say, I'm going to (laughs) lead... I have so much to say. Fancy Cara, the hand just went up, which you know is what happens when she's about to do like a proclamation of great Stop in the name of love, (laughs) but spoken about sunscreen. I'm just going to say to the crowd who might be a little older than the age-defiant teenager or tweenager, tinted sunscreen. If there is one secret hack to growing older that makes literally everyone who tries it feel better, it is tinted sunscreen. And we will end this episode with the why behind why tinted sunscreen works even better than regular sunscreen. It's not just because it makes your skin look more even. Even and glowy? No. 
Do we? It is not. Do we? I was waiting for that word. Okay. So I do want to talk about sunscreen. And the reason I want to talk about sunscreen is that it's personal, Vanessa. It is personal to both of us. I wish that more people had told me and I had listened to the ones who did Mm -hmm. tell me to wear sunscreen when I was younger. When I was growing up in Los Angeles in the 70s and 80s, you know what we did because you did it in New York, right? We baby oil or copper tone oil or whatever oil and you would bake out in the sun. There There was this group of guys who were on a beach that I used to go to when I was growing up who surrounded themselves with mirrors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? You remember There's those guys? There's still a guy in the town I grew up with who does that. He brings yeah. a reflecting Like completely panel. committed to. And so what did I not know? What First of all, what I didn't know is that the age-defying people out there wore hats and sunscreen. So yeah. sunscreen prevents wrinkles and aging. And you know my favorite thing to always say to kids about this, which I always say to kids, and I'm going to say to this podcast. And she's going to laugh even when oh my she God, I la- says I'm, it for the I'm so 90th amused time. With it. I, I, I laugh every time because, Vanessa, what does a 90-year-old woman's face look like? Very wrinkled. Vanessa, what does a 90-year-old woman's butt look like? Less wrinkled. Yes. I don't want to you, say not wrinkled. You want to say because... maybe it's gravity. Gravity <laughs> has taken a toll, but there might be a little bit of sag, but wrinkles there are not. And why, Vanessa? Lack of sun exposure. That's right. On the so tush. If we covered our faces the way we cover our tushes, then we would have no wrinkles. Now, as many of us now understand the aging element of sun exposure and we wear hats and we try to get our kids in hats and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But as a teenager, as a 20 something, as a 30 something, there was no version of me understanding that so deeply and intuitively that I grabbed a hat every time I walked out. I did not. So there's the wrinkle part. That's the like just pure vanity part. Then of course, there is the real reason why we're thankful for this episode and for hats and for sunscreen. And that is the skin cancer part. Yeah. And I will say that I had a basal cell removed from my face last year, had hours of Mohs surgery, had plastic surgery on the scar, had a year of caring for that very tender, sensitive skin. And what the dermatologist said to me was, you know, this is from sun exposure from many, many, many years ago. This is not last week, this could be from when you were a kid. And so it's very hard and we'll get to this, but like I was kicking myself for the, you know, exposure I got a week ago. And she was like, no, 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 this is from choices you may have made decades ago. And I have a father who has spent years having Mohs surgery, years and years and years because he was a lifeguard as a young man and has very fair skin. And we'll get to this also when we talk about how to talk to kids about it, but it is time consuming. It is painful. It is scary to deal with the downstream effects of skin cancer. Most surgery, for those who don't know, is a procedure done by a dermatologist where the patient will get literally the thinnest, thinnest slice of skin with pigment removed one slice at a time and essentially each slice ends up going and being checked by a pathologist and you get to the point where 
you know there are no more cancer cells in the specimen. So you're like, you're sort of peeling the onion until you get to the part that's healthy. And it does take hours. I mean, there are people who sit in doctor's offices for eight, 10, 12 hours, and they get one little layer taken off. And then it goes to the pathologist for an hour and they wait again. And then they get another layer taken off. And the idea is, you know, they have to go deep. And so they don't want to take more than they need to take, but they've got to get clean margins. They've got to get all the cancerous cells out. And I ended up with a whole on my face next to my nose. And thank God I was in a place I knew people who'd been through it. I knew what to ask for. I knew where to go. I knew what specialists needed to be there. Not everyone is so lucky. So, and that's that was a basal And cell. that was I mean, the quote unquote good, the good kind, kind of skin yeah. cancer. This is the moment where, uh, you know, I shift to 100% all seriousness. One of my very best friends from medical school died of melanoma. We were in our third, heading into our fourth year of medical school. And he was working in a lab and the lab director was a guy whose kids I babysat. So we both felt very close to this lab director. He was a great guy. He was out on his boat. I was not invited. Don't know why. Maybe I was babysitting the kids. And my friend Adam took off his shirt because it was hot. He was on this boat. And it was the head of the lab who said, go have that checked. He saw a mole that looked funny on his back. And what I learned very quickly and very much the hard way was that young male with funny looking mole on back is melanoma until proven otherwise. He was in NIH trials. This was back in the 90s. Uh, Melanoma treatment has progressed tremendously since then. Uh, He went into remission. He went and trained as an ear, nose, and throat doctor. He became an otolaryngologist knowing he was going to die of his melanoma. But he used to say to me, listen, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. So I'm going to go do the thing I love. And I'm either going to be taken out by a bus or by melanoma. And I just don't know which one it is. Hmm. And died when we were probably just about 30, maybe a couple of years after we were 30. So, you know, melanoma is the what, what most people call the bad kind of skin cancer it also, like basal cell, comes from a combination of genetic risk, which is connected to skin tone, and sun exposure. And that is all to say, if there's ever a doubt in your mind about something on your body or your kid's body, and you're like, this looks different, or this wasn't there a couple months ago, or I'm not sure, do not be stoic and try to save your medical provider time Go ask someone. The worst they'll say is, no, it's fine. I've been watching it. It's actually been there for a while. They can freeze it off. They can watch it. They can track it. You know, you're not inconveniencing anyone by having someone take a look at something that looks concerning. And Cara, I will say, the basal cell that I had removed last year, I had a doctor look at five years ago and she told me it was no big deal. And my gut told me, this is not right. And I did not listen to my gut and I left it. Now, just for devil's advocate purposes, moles and freckles and discolorations change over time. And what might have looked to a professional like no big deal five years earlier may have evolved and morphed. So if you get nothing else from this episode, we're going to talk about hats and sunscreen in one second, but an annual head to toe mole check where someone is following you actually every single year. Smartphones are incredible 
because dermatologists now have these camera attachments where they can zoom in. You can see almost down to the cell what is happening in a mole. It's so crazy. And they can document, so you go to the same person, ideally, every year, and they can document on a body chart and then with photographs what is happening to different moles. And some people have very few you cannot begin to take all the moles and freckles off my body. I, I, you know, my brothers used to play connect the dots on my body. Like I'm a freckly person. I always have been, um, that's my skin tone. So my choice is to know what my freckles and moles look like and to follow them carefully. And also to have a dermatologist do that with me so that things that need to come off can come off and it should be every year. Do you or someone you love have smelly feet? Well, this is for you. We made magical socks. We did. The magic is zinc. With zinc around, bacteria cannot grow. And if bacteria cannot grow, well, then there are no bacteria to eat the sweat. And if there's no bacteria to eat the sweat, then there's no off-gassing. And if there's no off-gassing, then there's no smell. That's how Um Socks work. Check out the link in our show notes or go to myoomla.com. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at bioptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors ready-to-eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never-frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. 
You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Okay, public service announcement done. Let's talk about how in the world we get kids to prevent all this in the first place. So can we start with hats and just say they should wear them? And hopefully when styles dictate that hats are cool, and at the moment, um, there are certain styles of baseball hat, which doesn't have a lot of coverage. I mean, it covers the forehead, not a lot of cheek sun protection. And bucket hats. Right. And bucket what bucket hats are the best because they do have this nice balance between full protection and visibility. Peripheral vision is preserved with a bucket hat in a way that a humongous, like a big, big wide brim hat, sometimes you can't see. And they're not well. gonna, they're not gonna wear that. I mean, they're and just they're not, not gonna wear they're that. just not gonna wear that. Yeah. It's like so rock the bucket hat. We right. love that. So if you want them to wear a hat involve them in the choices of what hats they wear. Because if you show up with a hat, there's a 99% chance your kid is going to be like, I'm not wearing that. Correct. If you say, I need you to wear a hat. We're going somewhere sunny. I need you to wear a hat. You can choose the hat. Let's look together. There's a much higher chance that they will actually wear the hat. And for the older kid, if you say, I sound like a broken record every single day saying, did you put sunscreen on? Did you put sunscreen on? But frankly, if you also put on a hat, you will hear me say it much less often because I'm less worried about your face. Now, you are supposed to put sunscreen on your whole body. Hat only protects the face, but the face gets the most sun exposure sort of added up cumulatively over a day, over a week, over a lifetime. Because if you think about it, depending upon the weather and depending upon the circumstance, your body is often covered. And so the face is the one thing that sort of gets it all day, every day. And sun, 
you know, I don't want to over demonize sun. Sun is important for vitamin D conversion. We have an inactive form of vitamin D in our body that requires sunlight in order to convert to an active form. And that is very, very important. However, the data shows very clearly that between 15 and 20 minutes of sun exposure daily is enough to convert your vitamin D into an active form. So people ask all the time, do I have to wear sunscreen on my whole body every day? And I think the answer is on a cold winter day when it's clear skies, don't wear sunscreen because you're barely going to be out, right? You put you put it on your face, but on your body, you're barely going to be out. Get a little conversion for your vitamin D that way. Whereas if it's 90 degrees on a hot summer day and you're going to be in a loose tank top and shorts, now, you know, after 15 minutes, yes, your vitamin D has converted, but also you're starting to have other downsides of the sun exposure and you need to be putting on the sunscreen. So let's talk about what kind of sunscreen, what SPF, what should we be looking for when we buy the sunscreen? What's some guidance on that, Cara? Okay. So let's talk about how sunscreens work first. So there are two kinds of barriers in a sunscreen. One is a chemical barrier and one is a physical barrier. Physical barriers are easy ones. That's when the sunscreen looks white or a tinted color on the skin. And that's Uh, like a zinc? It's usually zinc-based. And it's literally, it's a physical barrier where the sun tries to enter the skin, but gets reflected off by these large particles in the sunscreen. Right. And if you have a kid like I do who had eczema, the only sunscreen he could tolerate was a zinc sunscreen, basically a pure zinc sunscreen. I mean, not just, pure, pure. Just so but. you know, the first use of zinc is usually in butts, butt cream, right? Right. So Desitin and all those other brands. If you look at the active ingredient and usually the only ingredient, it's zinc. Right. So most kids, not all, but most kids are able to tolerate zinc with no problem, which is why you had that experience when he was older. Right. And any other sunscreen he could not tolerate. And the ingredient list on sunscreens is a very important side note here because first of all, there are trade secrets. So trade secrets in cosmetics is what makes them special and able to do their jobs. And those trade secrets are allowed to be invoked in order to not put the ingredients on the ingredient list. So in other words, if you make Vanessa special sunscreen and you put a whole bunch of things in there and you say, those are the things that make it smell like Vanessa special sunscreen, that's my trade secret. You can get out of having to list those ingredients on your label as part of the sunscreen. And that is very misleading for consumers because it's very confusing if your kid has a reaction to something to know what they're reacting to if half the ingredients are not listed. You will see on the back of a sunscreen that there is an active ingredient and then there are inactive ingredients. The active ingredient is either the physical or chemical sunscreen. And we'll get into chemical sunscreen in a second. The inactive ingredient is what we call the vehicle. It's like what else is in it to make the sunscreen turn into a lotion or a spray or whatnot. Perfume is a trade secret, right? There are certain things that are trade secrets. So there are ingredients in sunscreens that you don't realize are in there. There's now a very popular thing with sunscreens, which is called the no list. Do you know what the no list is? You mean what's not in the sunscreen? Exactly. So there are a lot of sunscreens that actively advertise all the things they don't have. Right. No phthalates, no BPA, no BPB, no oxy 
benzones. These are chemicals that savvy consumers have started to learn, get absorbed into your skin and can accumulate in your body and can wreak a little bit of havoc. And so that is why you see a no list advertised often. And that's a good thing, but it doesn't necessarily tell you what's in the sunscreen. So there's that. Right. And it's usually a big thing on the front of the sunscreen. So you don't have to look hard for the no list. They are advertising it. So chemical sunscreens, I actually personally prefer chemical sunscreens because of how they feel on my skin. Mm -hmm. I I just, I don't love the feel of other sunscreens. Do you have a feeling, talk about chemical sunscreens, and then I want to talk about spray versus lotion versus versus powder. Chemical sunscreen just means that instead of relying upon the reflection of the rays of the sun off of the skin, the rays of the sun are allowed to absorb into the layer of sunscreen that's on the skin. And that's where the work of protection happens. So some are mineral-based and some are not, and the language gets really complicated. But basically what you need to know is when you see the UV rating, usually the chemical sunscreen or the chemical component of sunscreen is absorbing the UV so that the skin doesn't do it. It's like if you're wearing a wetsuit, the wetsuit is taking the cold of the ocean so your skin doesn't have to feel it. That's what the sunscreen is doing. It's not reflecting it. It's absorbing it. It's not letting the UV impact your skin. And some chemical sunscreens absorb UVA and some absorb UVB. And these are just two different types of ultraviolet light on two different parts of the light spectrum. And it again gets confusing, but UVA waves are longer than UVB. So the thinking is they penetrate deeper if left to their own devices, like UVB would get to one layer of the skin and UVA would get deeper. And that's why UVA rays are associated with skin cancers, because the deeper the waves penetrate, the more likely they are to cause cellular damage and to cause a shift in the gene sequence. They can actually cause the DNA to mutate a little bit, and that's the the sort of cancer of it all. So I like broad spectrum sunscreen, which has UVA and UVB protection, as opposed to just picking one over the other. Now, here's a fun fact. Remember when you used to be able to buy like SPF, SPF stands for sun protection factor, SPF 10, SPF 20, SPF 100. And now, oh, so funny. All you see are two numbers, SPF 30 and SPF 50. Have you noticed that? Occasionally SPF 70. Yeah. That's it. Do you know why? No. Okay. So this is the sad science behind SPF. SPF was originally measured and is sometimes still measured this way. Someone puts a sunscreen on their hand and arm and they put their hand and arm into a box with UV light. And you're seeing how many minutes you can keep your hand and arm in there with a set amount of sunscreen before it burns. How much do they pay the people who do that testing? Right. Okay. So that's a good question. Also, not all types of UV rays cause burn, right? UVA tends to cause deeper damage. So the burn part is often attributed to UVB. And so it's not a perfect test for a lot of reasons. Okay. so. It turned out that the sun protection factor, SPF, was a totally, this is going to shock you, 
bogus measure. Are you surprised? Do you remember SPF 5? I'm pretty sure there was a time I had SPF 5. Also, baby oil was SPF 0. Let's be very clear. (laughs) Um, It wasn't advertised as such, but it was. It was like SPF negative 10. I was going to say, exactly. Yeah, it drew the sun. So now I want you to sort of put it all together in a nice mental package for yourself that this was all a very well-intended, the SPF, but it was really not a very objective and scientific measure of how protective a sunscreen was. So the categories were changed. And I will add that two things came to light, no pun intended. One was there was no such thing as SPF 100. There was no sunscreen that really worked very well beyond an hour or an hour and change Mm. after application. So SPF 100 would suggest that it took 100 minutes or more before your arm started to burn in that UV box wearing sunscreen. No, it, it, it was just not a thing. The second is, and this is the dirty little secret behind sunscreen that every single article I read every summer yells this and no one listens. You're not putting on enough sunscreen. Mm. The studies are done looking at one full ounce of sunscreen being distributed over an adult body every two hours. Okay, sunscreen's really expensive. Those bottles are like three, four ounces. Sometimes they're five ounces. They can run anywhere from 15 to $50. You tell me you're using one a day. You using one bottle a day? Because I'm not using one bottle a day. No. But proper sunscreen application, if you're going to go to the beach and be in the sun all day, you would be going through one of those bottles a day, at least. And so no one's using enough. So even if you're using an SPF 30 or 50, you can be in the sun 30 minutes without a burn. You can be in the sun 50 minutes without a burn. Even if you're using those, if you're not using enough, you're not getting the benefit. So it's really complicated. Yeah. And it's even more complicated when you don't use it at all and you just get sunburn because you refuse to listen to your or, parent like or when counselor. I was growing up, I wanted a burn. So it would turn to a tan before it peeled. I mean, it's just like, I can't even believe. And it I was know. intentional. I know. I remember making that intentional choice. Oh, I can't believe it. I do want to go back to your question about sprays versus lotions and creams and oils. and Yeah. And, and then we that. have to talk about how to actually convince a kid to use it. Okay. Ready? Here you go. No spray. That's no it. spray. Don't spray. Even though that's the only kind of sunscreen my kids will actually use. Well, it's because it's an option for them and it's been negotiated that way. But for anyone with asthma or lung disease, all of those particles go right into the lung and it's really not good for you. And if you care at all about the earth, I mean, that is just not stuff we want to be. We don't want an accelerant in the bottle. We don't want to be spraying that out into the environment. If you have a kid who absolutely won't use anything else, fine, let that be the one kid. But now they've got sunscreen wipes, which go on Mm -hmm. almost as easily as the sprays. There are foams, there are gels, there are sunscreens that turn different colors. Yes, those are not organic, but they make it fun for kids and the kids can see where they're applying it. We eventually want kids to get used to putting on lotions and creams. I understand the feeling on your hands. Everyone hates it. But the spray, it's not a perfect solution because it doesn't get evenly distributed. And right. so really you should be rubbing it in anyways. So that's where I land with that. Okay. And now how the how do we get them? <laughs> get kids to use it. I mean, I used to send my kids to summer camp with like four huge 
bottles of sunscreen and they would come home unopened. Unopened. Now, in fairness, they have huge pumps of sunscreen on the side of the bunk. Those looked awfully full when I would go for visiting day. So it's not clear to me if anyone was actually using it. I use a tactic that is really probably not the best tactic. I use a fear tactic. And I say to them, and my dad knows this, so he will, he's okay with me saying this. And I say to them, do you want to go in every three months and have your body cut up like grandpa is when you are an adult? Because if you don't put sunscreen on, that is what's going to happen. And it's a really crappy way to have to get my kids to do stuff. And I feel badly that that is my tactic, but it seems like it's the only thing that works. Well, I was going to say it's crappy and it doesn't always work. I mean, that's part of the problem. Well, it it didn't always always work work for a long time. And also I have a slight issue in my house because I have three kids with brown hair, brown eyes, and dark skin who think they are impermeable. Mm. And I have one kid with fair skin and light eyes who is most definitely not impermeable. And so I have like different, not different standards, but kind of different Sort of. I mean, the fairer the skin and the more likely someone is to burn, the more likely they are to have a skin cancer because skin cancers tend to be associated with more frequent burning. But that said, you are not protected if you have dark skin. And in fact, I saw an amazing ad. I was driving to go pick up my daughter from coming home from college the other day. And on the way to the airport, right near the airport, there's an amazing ad for sunscreen that is actually being marketed to people with brown and black skin. Like, hallelujah, that people are finally recognizing that there are skin cancers in dark skin as well. And everyone with every color skin needs to be protected. This is important. So if you are you know, a camp counselor, a teacher, an outdoor educator who has kids of all different skin tones, do not assume that it is only the white children who need to put on sunscreen. Make sure that every single child in your care is putting on sunscreen regardless of the color of their skin. And it is important for sunscreen manufacturers to be sensitive to the needs of skin tone matching because if you think the white zinky stuff looks bad on fair skin, for people with darker skin, they're just like, it's a non-starter. They just won't do it and that's not fair. And so the world is starting to, I think the world is starting to move its bow a little bit in that direction and being smart about it. But Vanessa, you know, if fear works, you do what works, right? So that's one tactic. That's not the only weapon in my arsenal because with this issue, you got to have a lot, a lot of ways in. The other thing I've done is like, you have to wear sunscreen. You get to pick what right. the sunscreen is amongst this group right. of sunscreens. And we should mention, Cara, that there seems to be an almost monthly recall on sunscreens. I mean, It's bananas how often sunscreens get recalled. And my kids are like, wait, mom, I think you have the sunscreen that got recalled a couple months ago. Like we have to look that up. I think you're trying to get me to wear sunscreen that was like taken off the shelves in stores. One wonderful resource for sunscreen information is the Environmental Working Group. So they rank sunscreens according to what's in them and, you know, sort of everything from the product safety to the carcinogenicity, so how cancer-causing wow. the ingredients are, to perfumes, to effectiveness. So 
Uh, environmental working group is great, but yeah, there's consumer recalls on a lot of things that get manufactured in mass facilities that can be contaminated by any number of, whether it's a bacterial contamination, viral contamination, or some other chemical contamination. So there was a big recall on laundry detergents recently as well. And so that kind of falls into this similar category. Car, what are your two strategies for getting your kids to? So, you know, I, I'm like you. I have one who who doesn't burn and one who does. And one would think that the consequence of burning would have been enough to institute this routine of putting on sunscreen. I'm flabbergasted that even with a bad burn, and it's like to a pediatrician, a bad burn. Oh my God. It just like nails on a chalkboard to me. And it still doesn't make a difference. He still doesn't remember to put the sunscreen on. It's a battle. I won't lie. It's a battle every single time. But here are some things that have worked. Some protective clothing has worked. So sun shirts, especially on cooler days, sometimes it's the sun rays are very strong, but the heat is not that intense. So a long sleeve SPF containing shirt has made a very big difference. My kids would never, ever wear an SPF shirt, but you have a rower. So it's different. Right. Mine are on sports fields and they would never, ever wear one. And it's different. But the sun exposure when you're on the water several hours a day is very stressful. And it's interesting. I was talking to my son's boat partner the other day who was asking me why his cheeks get burned. He wears a hat and glasses every day. And of course, he didn't realize the sun was reflecting off the water right. and going underneath his cap and right onto his cheeks. So to me, the most effective thing is to point to when there is a problem and to connect the dots. This was what you didn't do. And here's the consequence. Because beyond that, you know, I have one who doesn't live at home and Lord knows how much sunscreen she puts on zero. And the other one, he's under my roof. And every single day, it's literally, this is the list walking out the door. Do you have your keys? Do you have your hat? Do you have your glasses? Do you have sunscreen? And having sunscreen and putting sunscreen on are two totally different things. Yeah. I mean, two things that helped me is one, when they did get a burn and realized how uncomfortable it was to do what they love doing with a sunburn, that really helped for them to have that experience and say, oh, this feels bad. My, you know, lacrosse goggles hurt or my protective lacrosse pads hurt. I got to not get burnt. Weird tan lines, if they get burnt in certain places and have weird tan lines and don't like how they look, that's a good deterrent. Face stick has been very oh, successful great. in my house. I have like face stick in every corner of my house, in every backpack. And that has been probably the most successful thing because it's quick, it's easy, and it distributes well. And as promised, where we're going to land is on tinted sunscreen. And this is actually, it's a win. It's a win, not just for people our age, but it's a win for kids because tinted sunscreen is a combination of physical and chemical sunscreen, right? The tinting actually reflects the sunlight and there's a layer of chemical sunscreen in most tinted moisturizers or tinted sunscreens. And what's incredible about it is for a kid who's got some acne or some skin unevenness that they're not thrilled about, what they learn to do is put on tinted sunscreen and lo and behold, everything kind of evens out. Yeah. And you as the parent have the bonus of knowing there's some sun protection on there. So I love tinted sunscreen for the whole family. 
Someday I'm going to film you doing that like a whole little song and dance. So good luck. Let us know if you have strategies that have worked in your house. If there are tactics you've used that have been successful, we, as you can tell, are still trying to make this work. So we would love, love, love to hear from you and get any advice. You can email us thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. DM us at Spilling the Puberty on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok at Spilling the Puberty. And yeah, let's just keep talking. Thanks, Cara. Bye, Vanessa. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com yet. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.